Hi there, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the SovTech Tech Podcast, where we get together and uh, talk a bit of shit about what's happening out there in the industry, what's happening in tech, what's happening in innovation, what's happening in business and financial services. Today in the studio, we have two of our executive managers here at SovTech, uh, the two Sarahs. We've got Sarah Druce um, and Sarah Mills. Sarah Druce is the head of projects for our developers as a service business and the head of our London Guild. And Sarah Mills runs our labs business and is the head of our Johannesburg Guild. So two of our uh, guild heads. Guys, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Great to see you. Yeah. Good, good, good. So today we're going to be talking about online banking platforms in South Africa uh, and comparatively around the world. A little bit of a tear down. We want to be honest about them. We want to take a tech view, a business view, a UX view, a customer view, um, and maybe just some of your own personal opinions about where you think it's going. Cool. Sounds good. Cool. So just for background here, um, like I said, Sarah is... Uh, head of our London Guild. She actually lives in London. Um, and so we're asking her to do a teardown of uh, South African online banking because we're going to see how it compares out there. So, um, Drews, let me start with you. I mean, when you, you, how long have you been living in London? I have been in the UK for almost two years now. Okay, so two years running the uh, Softech office in London. You, When you moved, I assumed you moved all your banking. I did. I did actually keep one of my South African accounts open uh, just, you know, in case I needed to send money across to people here in South Africa, make purchases here. Just a little bit easier rather than having to deal with uh, international transfers because that's a bit of an unnecessary headache. Uh, but I do actually have two accounts in the in the UK, one with a, a like a traditional high street bank and actually one with a challenger bank too. Cool. So when you moved across, you opened these accounts. Um, I mean, how did you find just your initial kind of view of the, the banking landscape uh, in the UK versus coming from South Africa? What was your sort of initial thoughts? I on was blown away by how easy it was to open an account with a challenger bank. I did it from South Africa before I even moved across to the UK. My card arrived within two days of me doing that. Uh, so the account was up and running. Like, so it was fantastically easy. Um, I, then I would also have to say that Traditional high street banks in the UK are probably quite similar to banking or the banks here in South Africa. Same sort of process, you've got to go into the bank. So it's quite frustrating having okay. done my opening the account through this challenger bank. So uh, having to actually go in and do it like in person was, was a nightmare. Was a nightmare. And it was no different to having to do it here. So I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. We'll get into the kind of comparisons of the actual year. So, and you, you, bank in South Africa, um, you know, how many banks do you bank with? How many banks have you banked with over your life? So I currently only bank with one bank and I'm obviously living abroad, traveling, banked with some banks overseas, but only banked with one bank in South Sorry. Africa. And when you were overseas and traveling and you said you banked with uh, overseas banks, um, where were those banks from? Uh, so most of them like offshore banks, uh, just because of the like nature of the work that I was doing. Um, so yeah, there were uh, actually still some that are like prominent in South Africa, but okay. mostly UK based. UK based, yeah. and Channel Island based. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. So I mean, in your view, I mean, you you kind of you know you come across everything from the tech to the UX side of everything that you do in your day to day so i mean when you look at south african banking platform digital banks this just go across the board i mean is there any of them that kind of say they 
doing a good job? Yeah, so I guess, I don't know, I think my view on it in terms of like online banking in mm. South Africa, I think uh, it's definitely come like a, a long way. I think a majority of the year where a lot of the innovation in terms of like digitization and tech side of it uh, happened when I was overseas. So I think coming back to see what it was almost like three years ago uh, was the the focus on innovation within the banks in South Africa and the ease of use. They, there was a lot of a move to, away from an inefficient model, which was like, you know, if you needed to get a loan or a credit, you know, I came back and because I hadn't like had a job in South Africa, I couldn't get a credit card or a loan because I didn't have a uh, any credit history so things like that when they sew backwards and they're like in order to get credit you have to go but I think yeah so it was just like I felt quite an inefficient way that they've really just put in the hands of their users nowadays I mean uh, like most of the apps nowadays you can you essentially become like your own bank at the, the touch of your fingertips so sort of using tech to drive that and enabling their customers I do think there's been like a big success in the step there Okay, cool. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And, 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 and I mean, just to kind of go a bit deeper into that. So, you know, if you look at them now, yeah. so I know there's the, the, the kind of digital banking rankings and, we, and, and what people think, and yeah. there's innovation awards and what people think. And if you just said right now, maybe between the big five banks of ABSA, Nedbank, Standard Bank, FNB and Capitech, who's the best, who's the worst? Across the board, we'll dive into the specific platforms yeah. of their apps or their online things. But in your kind of, whether it's opinion or yeah. just sentiment in the market, who's the best, who's the worst? I would say FMB is up there in terms of ease okay. of use, uh, like ability and access to sort of benefits. Uh, it, they do make it extremely easy. Um, I'd say Standard Bank, probably the most difficult in terms of like what I've heard, haven't actually ever banked with them. But, but like, if you had to say, sen your sentiment, your view of the market is Standard Bank's the worst. That uh, would be my view. Okay, yeah. cool. And, and just, I mean, do you have the same one, different first, different last? I actually have, I, I actually agree that FNB, I think, is like unbelievable in terms of its digitization process. Okay. They have like billboards on the side of the road that say like, open your open an account in what is it two minutes via yeah. that, which i think is absolutely amazing yeah, yeah. so we'll class, right? yeah absolutely and that kind of speaks to the same process as the like digital banks in in the uk um having used standard bank previously i think it yeah. um actually is a lot more advanced than we kind of think it is mm. um and so who would your view be of the last versus what you've seen what you've used what you've heard what your sentiment is so having, who's the worst at this so having used netbank previously I, like when I use it, the app was, the UX was pretty terrible, but I do know that they have actually released a new app and I believe it's a lot more easy to use. So I'm actually not going to say Nedbank, but I'd probably say Absa just because I think of it as this like old monolith from the past. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I yeah, suppose they, they, they're fighting brand as much as they are fighting, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, their, their technical transformation on that side. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I got a comment on Absa. So, I mean, if I go onto the Absa website, right, I think the, in terms of their kind of, the, the way they present their offering, the UX of the brand transformation, the, the, the user experience of their actual website yeah. mm. is, you know, I find quite incredible. It's like a, it's a different view. They've taken a bit of a risk on the way that the kind of very image-based, extremely like, you know, scroll-based and, and being able to get a lot of complicated products into quite a succinct view. And then you go through this and I'm like, geez, these guys have done so well. And then you kind of click sign in. Yeah. 
and you get to you know it sends you to a page from the two th- early 2000s oh, no. it seems like it and <laughs> when you try and register or sign in and actually the actual experience post that point is still stuck yeah. you know 20 years ago and so they're kind of putting lipstick on a pig on that side in terms of you know they're showing all this promise but actually behind the scenes it's it's not great so agree on, the, on that side so i think what you've said mirrors the rankings as far as i understand just for the record i think uh fmb is ranked first in the online banking rankings last year in 2019 capitec and fmb were tied first um and i think apps are consistently bad and i think uh standard bank just above that and yeah. Ned bank somewhere in the middle so yeah, so I mean, it's interesting. So now that's the five big banks, and it's you know easy to talk about that. There's there's a lot of brand equity tied up in the way we view their digital platforms. But let's maybe look at some of the new South African challenger banks or digital banks. So it's it's hard to call Discovery a challenger bank, given how large its brand is and how prevalent it is across uh, across the the kind of financial services landscape. But just let me ask you. I mean, Discovery they they've launched Vitality in the UK. Discovery Bank here in South Africa. I mean, were you all about your points? Do you have something like this over in the UK when you hear about this or you get excited? Uh, very much about the points. Okay. When I was living in South Africa, I was actually on uh, Diamond or Platinum okay, or whatever the top okay. tier right. is. So, so committed. Yeah, <laughs> very committed. Uh, so much so that I actually have a, a Vitality medical policy in the UK. Okay. Um, so you're a big, big yeah. fan of the brand? Cool. A big fan of the brand. So you would bank with them if you reckon you would try, try their bank? I probably would, yeah. Okay. I probably would. I think it's awesome to be like incentivized. So on the, on the medical side of things, it's incentivizing you on your exercise. I would think to be incentivized on your savings goals would be pretty cool too. And I think like it would be awesome to get some kind of like reward that's kind of tied into your yeah, savings goals yeah. with, with a bank. So, I mean, would you, I mean, I'm going to ask, I mean, would you think it's sustainable over the next 20, 30 years? Do you think all banks are going to build some sort of behavioral style into it? Do you really want your bank telling you? Yeah, you know? don't drive this one. <laughs> don't drive don't, yeah. You know, you spend too much money on yeah. Starbucks this week. I mean, do you want that? So I do. I think that behavioral model is here to stay. I think like in the time and age that we're in now, especially like as Drews mentioned, in the incentivizing people with not only like banking abilities, but also lifestyle abilities, I think is what drew people so quickly to like discovery and their mm. model. And I think tying that then back, I mean, we, you know, we see it in the other things like, F&B with e-bucks and how like using those incentives to help you better manage your wealth or your debt or things like that, if that could have like a positive impact on the way people are managing and spending their money and getting incentives from that. I do think uh, that it is sustainable. Um, I do think with Discovery though, they do have like quite a broad range of products, which I think uh, like the one thing that's important there is to make sure that they're also educating people in terms of how to use those products and how to get the best of it so that they also don't now have to go and blow a marketing budget to keep people up to speed and, and how exactly so they need to either be simplistic and like customer centric in terms of the way they're doing those offerings to stay sustainable mm. uh, or do it in a way that it's easy to to educate their users at any point that people are still continuously like going back. We want the points. We want the smoothie. We want the flights. Yeah. You know, I think 
is the way it will will stay sustainable. So you think it's not just maybe Discovery might win that race. You think most other banks are going to start doing some start baking that into their offering. Yeah, I think I think in like the time and age that we live in now, like lifestyle, wellness, all of these different things you're driving, all of this different stuff is is so evident and I think at the top of like so many of our minds uh, in terms of like a, the lifestyle is so different to 30 years ago, like people work long hours, you, you're busy all the time, so making time and effort and being incentivized to, to keep on top of that stuff, I think a lot of the banks will will incorporate that somehow maybe not broadening the like f and b if it's e-bucks it's but it's like use your e-bucks to pay for a gym membership or, yes. or whatever that is so i think okay. tying it in so i mean i know when we talk about innovation we talk you know <clears throat> i at least mean mostly the tech side of innovation the kinds of new sort of product services digitization technology <laughs> the interesting innovation from discovery also was a vertical card and everyone lost their minds yeah right? yeah <laughs> whoa we got a vertical card look at how amazing that is it goes straight up instead of sideways yeah, and yeah. you think well you know and 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 just you mentioned the billboards and I, you know i often see quite a disconnect at least between maybe what is happening internally from the actual tech or digitization plans of any of these big financial services players and what they're actually advertising out there and what customers yeah, actually, actually care so, about, yeah. right? So they care about this horizontal card and they care about, you know, these e and and you, but you don't necessarily have to wholesale rip out your legacy banking system to yes. be able to do the to kinds of things that. that customer wants. Not yeah, at all. 100%. I think as long as the ease of use is there for like the end yeah. user, then banks can kind of grow from there. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, this is where, um, okay, well, we'll get into the sort of open banking and the API-centric yeah. in a yeah. bit. But maybe let me just ask a little bit about the products themselves because, um, you know, we're a tech company. We Some of these banks, are a lot of them are our clients. So <laughs> uh, don't be upset with us if we've been honest. Um, I think the question is, when was the last time you were in a branch? When was the last time you were in a branch? Yeah, probably not, not this year. Cam? So maybe Lost over a year ago. And you would have to do that to do, can you remember why? Or was it just I think I had to, I can't remember now, but I had to get a new card and I'd been locked out of my online banking, which is why I had to you go. You had to go to the branch yes. to do it. And uh, just when was the last time you were in a branch? When I went to open my account in the UK last year. At the High when Street Bank, yes, you yeah. had to go to the branch I to do to that. had to do it in person. Incredible. Okay, so, I mean... Are, I mean, with digital transformation, I mean, are branches dead? Are branches dead? Or is there, I still see articles in bank around, you know, yes, we want to do digital transformation, but that person-to-person -person connection is so important. And I always think to myself, that's nonsense. But I wanted to know, what do you, what, what do you think? Yeah, I do think, uh, yeah, I, I guess my, my school of thought is that it's very, people are so attached to that like one-on-one -on -one interaction when it comes to some things, but I think the easier they make it to use and you know, like as I mentioned, giving people the ability to basically become their own bank with like the platforms and the apps and all of that, the need for that assistance and that guidance isn't where it used to be and how much it will carry through, I don't know. I don't know if it will ever completely eradicate, but I think the traditional way we know it will be very different. I think it will uh, be a far more hybrid model in terms of like a lot more 
uh, focus on like the tech side and like online presence and anything they can allow their users to do themselves, they will. And because I think they know like as a banking institution, that is the way to to get the most and how to keep your customers happy. Um, but I don't know. So I think it will change in the sense that we traditionally know it, mm. but I, I don't think it will completely disappear. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and as I think you touched on something there important, which is this kind of combination of this digital and yeah. live. And how do you meld those together in a way that actually enables people in the real world to be able to do whatever they want to do? 100%. So I mean, let's go back to sort of actual one or two of the products. So um, credit card, right? Credit card, do you... I mean, tap and pay because of COVID in South Africa has, you know, taken off, exploded. Yeah. I mean, do you even tap and pay or do you just use your phone? Is it just Apple Pay the whole time? When I am in the UK, I literally use my phone for everything. No, you don't even pull out your credit I card. I don't even pull out my credit card. I literally hold my phone to the to yeah. cells on the tube as well. So everything yeah. paid for with Apple Pay. Everything. And South Africa at least is getting jacked up. Yeah, 100%. You know, push tap and pay before. Yeah, Apple Watches, smartphones, it's all. It's all coming. Yeah. And, and, and there's you know, explosion in use. So if the credit cards are inside your phone, inside your watch, um, does it matter if you have a black or a gold one anymore? I don't think so. Oh. So, well, that's the funny thing. In the UK, you don't really get those, diff like those different tiers of, of banks and credit cards. It's not really a status symbol. Whereas here yeah. in South Africa, it it's, was quite a it's a status. Big, yeah, it's yeah. quite a big thing, but... Yeah, they, they advertise it a lot in yes. private this and black card Get your black and card and access and, and yeah. all the things that very little to do with yeah. my actual banking and yeah. my, my convenience on my banking products. But to maybe also then speak to that is Monzo, who is a digital bank in the UK, have those bright coral cards, yes. which are just, they're like actually quite outrageous. nice to look at. Yeah. And <laughs> but they're outrageous. They are completely. outrageous to look at. Um, yeah. But that's kind of what makes the Monzo card the Monzo card. And yes. when I've actually like bought out my purse yeah people are like oh my gosh what is that it it looks so cool yeah but so so I mean, it's, it's almost still got that same thing yeah. around wow what is that yeah but it's yeah. not black because it's yeah. it's got this yeah. weird color yeah and the, the weird thing is it's literally the lowest ranking bank account type that Monza <laughs> offers <laughs> but it's the coolest but, but it's, it's cool. the coolest yeah. yeah that's so funny um so, I mean, when you talk about those, are those tiers any important anymore? I mean, not from a status symbols, things like that, but um, there is a bank, I think it's uh, Bank Zero, um, which is kind of entering the market and it's backed by Michael Jordan, who's former CEO of FMB. Quite excited to see what they're going to go do out there. But uh, it seems like they're positioning themselves sort of kind of higher end, right? So this is where I think... The, the, the interesting thing is that when you, if you had asked bankers 20, 30 years ago even, in the branches around the country, you know, what they thought about online banking, they'd say you can't, I mean, it's not possible. You have to look somebody in the eye. You have to trust them. You're going to give them a loan. The branch manager gives the loan to the small business in the small town, and that's the, the sort of trust circle. And although I don't agree that that's the way it's going to be done anymore because of digital scorecards and all of that, definitely missing out on something there because there was this level of trust right yeah. so now if you taking your loan from some nameless faceless big yeah. organization do you have any obligation compared to you know the branch manager in town who yes maybe it's a big, de yeah. big yeah. deal in the small town and you kind of feel obligated to do that and so that's kind of where the status symbol of private banking yeah. personalized banking 
all this comes from. And I mean, when you go take it to the extreme, you've got, obviously it's not the small town banking, but you've got Investec and you've got RMB. Successful banks, um, maybe bigger on the business side than on the personal side, but pretty big personal yeah. banking and, and good, good brands in that side, built off the service, built off this one-to-one, -one, built off this kind of personal touch. I mean, why would you bank with, why would you pay the big fees with them if you can get everything digital and you're not going to speak to anybody anyway. Has anybody even, I mean, would you even, are those brands still appealing to you guys? Is, I mean, would you be like, oh, I really, you know, I want to bank with Investor because yeah. it's a status, status symbol or yeah. a personal service and things like that. Or is it really missing the next generation? Yeah. I, don't, I, I think from, I don't know, like, and personally, like from my side, it does still, it comes down to to that ease of use again. And it's like, if I can, if I'm getting great rates, if I'm getting a good like interest rate, or now my bank's incentivizing me because if I manage my wealth better, I'm gonna get a reward here and I can do everything myself. I think that's like one for that status in terms of a bank falls away. Um, and I think the reason it has been there is just because of the brand and because of the brand loyalty. And I don't, I don't foresee it being such a big, player as it was maybe 20, 30 years ago. Cool, yeah, I know that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I suppose that's the, the, the crux of it is that you wanna do everything yourself. Yeah. Right, so you wanna be able to go online and do anything you want in your financial life yourself. Yeah. And still most user experiences, and this is why I'd love to hear about even Monzo or Revolut or these kinds of, it's because it still forms. Yeah. I still feel like if I need to sign up for some sort of new account, that make me fill out a form, every single one of them, every single one of these banks. Um, I try to do this for this podcast. I try to open an APSA account. They told me I have to come to the branch <laughs> to, to open it. And yeah. I just, I was like, this is absolutely exactly. outrageous. I'm not yeah. going to do that. I'm no. not going to do that in, in the COVID pandemic year, especially yeah. um, to come and open a branch. But it's all form based. And then they asked me to send them documents. And it's kind of the same loop. Yeah. And yet, I feel like even in our digitization projects we've solved these things like this is solved problems yeah like, you don't need that form because you've got that information because they're already yeah. your customer you don't need that document because they got your information because you're already a customer and so maybe there's only two or three things they need to ask you and then why can't they let me click and open an account and do whatever i want and i know there's a whole bunch of regulation and all that kind of stuff but it it seems like this every product is its own separate kind of journey completely and all yeah. trying to do their own thing. I mean, when you look at the challenger banks in the UK, does that feel like that or is it a little bit more integrated? Is it easier or is it just look better and feels a bit easier or is it, is it still forms? Uh, so digital forms, yes. Okay. I actually looked this up yesterday because I'd seen it before and I just wanted to get the numbers again. The number of clicks it takes to open an account at the three biggest challenger banks, that's Monzo, Starling and Revolut. Monzo takes 45 clicks to open an account. Mm. Starling takes 38. Yeah. Revolut takes 24 yeah. to open an account. Yeah. Then your card comes and you've got to activate your card. But once the card's activated, you can use it. Yeah. You can put your money in. You can spend off it. You can load it onto Apple Pay. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. So 24, I mean, it's a really interesting stat to track. Yeah. I, mean, I would, 
I think we should do that exercise. Yeah, I think we should open an account at all the big banks yeah. in South Africa and, and actually see, how, see yeah. how many it things it clicks or things it takes because I think yeah. that would be shocking. Yeah. But 24 is a lot if you're yeah. talking digital experience. Yeah, 100% it is. It but is it's quite a lot lower than everybody else. I mean, is the goal to say, you know, do you think their tech team sitting there saying, let's get it to five? Yeah. I mean, like, there are still some details that you've got to put in. So if you think about this, your name, your surname, your phone number, your address, and then there's probably, like, a couple other things. But that's already, like, four or five. Yeah. So I think it would be interesting to find out how many clicks it takes to create a Google account. Yeah, true. To create yeah. an Apple account. 100%. A Facebook account. You know, even, like, TikTok or whatever. Yeah. Like, how many clicks does it take to get a Google account? Because now yeah. it's a good, once I've got a Google account... There's a I lot of things I can do. do. Yeah. There's a hundred services well, I that I can do, that, do but stuff. Yeah. And, if, if, and that's the same thing. Like it's my name. There's maybe a little one more step of verification, but we can get quite close if we thought about it like that. Yeah. So hundred percent. I mean, if Google started banking, would you just do that? Would you just do that? Would you trust? I mean, is banks still a trust thing? Because that's yeah. a big thing. Like, they've got your money, you trust them. Yeah. So yeah. they can be all cool and techy, but there's still a level of trust, trust. and otherwise yeah. you run and go take it out. And yeah. so do you trust Google? Do you trust Apple? Would you actually bank with them if they had full banking services and could do everything? Yeah, I think, again, it would come down to if it took me maybe as, like, a new adopter and, like, I was trying to decide between them or one of the Absolute other banks. versus Google, yes. right? I mean, it's then I wouldn't, like I wouldn't think twice about it and I 100% would, even Absa being like an established long-term bank with all the trust and you know your money's going to be okay versus Google who now just opens a bank. But I know I can do that at the click of a button and I've got my card tomorrow. Like I, I probably wouldn't think or probably don't have a card. I wouldn't think twice about it. Okay. Yeah. And uh, just would you? Don't actually know. For me, for me, there's like there is an element of trust that is required. I know with with all like the banks that they have all these regulations in place to like, protect your money. Yes. Mm. So I think I'd need that guarantee or that assurance that Google could offer the same the same protection and the same coverage. I think yeah. if they could, yeah, if, if, if they came there with the same regulations, yeah, if they and came same. there with the same offering, probably because it's mm. just so much easier. Like everything's stored in in one place but I also think that's generational I think yeah. for us as the younger generation like we wouldn't think twice about using the same digital service because I mean we use Google to log into everything else we use yeah. it to log into Facebook we use it to log into Instagram whatever and agreed yeah that that's, is so, it's super so generational, generational. But it, if you have to think about your grandparents they yeah. would never in a million years do that no. because they just they just wouldn't trust that they yeah. have that like protection. my mom still like the other day it like blew my mind like she has a book with like all her passwords to all the different things in it. You know what I mean? And you just like... Don't how? tell everyone that. <laughs> but, but, also, yes, yeah, but it is. And it's like back to that where we like one account, everything I need to do is through Google yeah. or through one platform. And like how, like I think in their generation, like there wouldn't be a second thought. There's no ways I think they would trust in that system. Yeah. To do everything I to can. To do everything yeah, like that. Yeah, because I think that my, look, my view is that I give them... Apple, Google, right? Maybe not the rest, but maybe Apple, Google. They've got my credit card stored in there because I buy things off of them all the time. Um, they've got all my photos, right? They've got all, Apple has all my photos. Literally. All my documents. Google's got all my emails. 
which has got some very, very, you know, all my personal stuff is in yeah. those emails. I don't have a different server. It's G yeah. Suite. And I can say that because if you try hack G Suite, I mean, good luck to you. <laughs> yeah. but, um, all the best. Yeah, all the best. Um, and they've got all our pictures. They've got all our emails. They've got all our login. They've got my credit card details. They've got my, you know, notes, personal notes coming in. There is my whole, they've got my home address because yeah. I use them for maps every day. Yeah. They know where my work is. When yeah. I get in the car, it says you're going to work or you're going home. So they know where, and they know where I am all the time because my location services is on. So I'm like, these guys know more about me mm. than any banking Literally. relationship I ever had. If they, yeah. they, I mean, they don't even need to say, send us your proof of address. They're like, we know where you are right now. Yeah. It's a scary scenario. Yeah. Um, so, but I, that's where I'm like, well, actually, I think I would trust them wholeheartedly. I actually think I would trust them more. more. Yeah. I think it would be harder to hack Apple. Mm. It's harder to hack Apple than it is to hack yeah, time when I'm trying to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, if everyone hacks Apple, the world's got a bigger problem than my, you know, yeah, my, well, my little bit of bucks in my checking account. Yeah. So let's talk about Time Bank. Um, you know, digital bank, properly, proper digital bank in South Africa. Um, Patricia Matepe is the kind of guy behind the scenes on, with, with a lot of the money, investing a lot more money and growing it. They are growing fast. They are growing fast. I don't know how they're doing it because when I see challenger bank brands in other countries, they're very marketing centric, Very, their brands everywhere, they're in front of it. Time Bank, I, I don't see it. Maybe I'm not watching the mm. TV ads. No, but, you don't. but I'm yeah, not seeing, seeing that level, right? Uh, not, okay, you're not seeing yeah, it I, either. I don't think it's like as, the marketing's as focused as it is with other banks yeah. elsewhere. I mean, coming back to South Africa, a lot of the ads I'm seeing on social media are like location yeah. specific to yeah. South Africa and I'm not seeing anything about time back. And you'd yeah. think that like for That's someone of nice. my age, the, the amount of activity I spend on social media that I would be the perfect target market, but I'm just not seeing not anything. Not seeing it. So it says here they've got 1.2 million customers. 2 million customers, 1.2 regard, million regard as active clients. That is yeah. huge. huge That's crazy. Right? That is massive. Um, the interesting thing from the banking side is so that's a lot of people are signing up, but I don't think a lot of people are keeping their money there. Yeah. So they're getting a checking account. They may be getting Every a card. Day. They're putting a bit of bucks yeah. in and they, they're using the digital features to be convenient. But if you ask, where is your savings account? Where is your home loan? Where is your, you know, where is your bulk of your, any sort of, whether it's, 5,000, 50,000, 500,000, 5 million, where are you keeping that? Not in time bank. And yeah. so they almost struggle because they can't give the loans out because yeah. they don't have the deposits. Yeah. So, um, but I also haven't seen any of their ATMs, right? So I don't know if um, they're saying you can draw with from any ATM for a small fee. So Investec, you can draw from any ATM in the country for free. Yeah. So ATMs, this is the first version of Automation, digitalization. Yeah. It literally means automatic teller machine. Yeah. And when they did this, you know, banks, were, why were there like not riots and unions saying, oh, well, uh, you know, these teller machines are going to take all of our bank branch jobs. You didn't hear it back then. Now you've got this murmuring digitization, automization, taking away our banking jobs. Um, so I suppose the thing is, how often do you use an ATM and do you think they're going to be as prevalent if everyone takes cards? 
Yeah. I've never used them. You'd never use them, huh? No, hardly ever. Hardly ever. Um, yeah, I don't even know the... I can't even tell you the last time I like withdrew cash. Well, very interesting. I yeah. think that's a, so the entire experience, all the investment in ATM, that's not really um, a valuable thing for you and your banking experience. No. And and you need and and, and same. I mean, the the whole purpose of an ATM was to make the withdrawal of money yeah, easier. easier, and you Back don't have to go into a bank. Yeah, the 80s, like you don't have to. And what banks were only open to like twelve on a Saturday. Yeah, and people so worked can, a full day, so it was like quite hard to like get your hands on, on some cash. cold hard cash. Yeah. But like nowadays. It's firstly a convenience thing. Like it's hugely inconvenient in my life to have to go to a bank. I'm like, oh, could I please yeah, not have to do that? Literally. And secondly, it's a security thing. Like I don't want to walk around with cash on me. Yeah. Also because I know that if, if like my handbag was to get stolen and my my cards were to go missing, I could very easily block them all on on my app. Yeah. Provided my phone didn't get stolen yeah, too. Yeah. And like to get a new one is again going to take two days. Yeah. Because I'm going to block the current card. Yeah. Go onto the app. And order a new one yeah and, and there's just i think simple. very little uh like requirements for cash these days like every almost like from your guy on the side of the road selling plants it's taking zapper got yeah. zapper or e-wallet or snap scan like between like there's literally very very few situations that you find yourself in even like a car guard, like anything, we'll is, take e-wallet. Will take like a, a transfer of some sort that you just they aren't a re- there's very little like requirement or need for cash these days. Sure, yeah, I think that's so true. The those those I mean those kinds of payment platforms. Mm. Interesting, you mention all of those. I know they're affiliated with the banks or the back end is a bank or Standard Bank, Powers, Snapscan, these mm. kinds of things. But all of those brands are not bank brands. Yeah, they didn't no. start out like they were, you know, or at least Snapscan, Zapper, like they were the straight yeah. out, you know, if Snapscan wanted to become a bank, I think there would be an easier time of it than, yeah. oh, sorry, easier go of it than Time Bank yeah. because they've, they've got everybody's they've got user, yeah. and like they, yeah. this is where I pay through, I might as well put money in Transactions, there, might as yeah. well keep a bit of money in my wallet and then I might as well kind of Just go, from there, go from there. Go from there. But the interesting thing is it's still a card. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's Apple Pay or Snapscan, all these digital things, you still get a credit card mm. and you from your bank and you put your credit card into, into your- and, and that's not, Digi- I mean, it's digitization, but it's not digital. Yeah. yeah. Digital is skip the whole thing. Yeah. Digital is don't give, don't me, a give card. me a card. <laughs> just just like tell me to put ID. it back just, in. Just tell me, just API into Link my Snapscan and yeah. authorize this and I can pay from my account. Why Why give me the card and I have to put the card in? It's just, it's just yeah. like a skip, you know, it's a step that's just silly, it seems. 100%. So this is the open banking movement in Europe. Uh, America's, a, you know, a bit resistant to it. South Africa's obviously going that way. This open banking, which says the data and your bank and your financial information belongs to you, not to your financial institution. And in one click, you should be able to switch because all your information, all your yeah. accounts should, you should be able to go to another yeah. bank. And if that's the case, it all becomes one click. Of, yeah. know, the future yeah. is one click to be able to switch. Are we going to end up with five banks? You know, view setting ABSA, Standard Bank. Sure, they've still got millions and millions of customers, but if all of those customers can switch with one click, are these guys dead? I think it also then do, like comes down to what service each one's offering. Because yeah. in the UK, all the high street banks have have schemes where you can switch banks unbelievably easier and they reward you to do it. So they'll be like, 
all right, cool. Joy if you switch we'll up, you. if you switch, we'll give you 150 pounds. So, yeah. so, so you're saying, but it's also each bank starts specializing. Yeah. It's yeah. So thick. you get your home loan at Nedbank because they are just property and they got the best property product. Yeah. I think the way it's like that segmentation and differentiation of like, who are you targeting and why are you different? And that's what like makes it easy or is what causes the shift for people. Yeah. So the, I think that's, you're right. And, and, but that means then every one of these guys are tr- banks are trying to do the entire, the, uh, entire product suite yeah. Yeah. and kind of getting it slightly wrong everywhere yeah. as opposed to being like, you know, like you said, like if Nedbank was the home loan and ABSA was your personal car and FNB and West Bank was your car loan and Discovery was your credit card because of the thing and your yeah. checking account was worth time, but you could access it all via Google and manage and, it and all through one. Yeah. This is where it's going. Yeah. So banks are a balance sheet as opposed to an entire organization. And, and the scale of these things, there is thousands and thousands of developers inside each one of these organizations trying to solve these banking problems. Mm. Yeah. And we even see, I mean, you guys are clued up and you know, we're at least you know, fintech experts, but how can we, t- you can't take 100 developers, throw them at the problem and expect to come up with a future of finance. 100%. Although they kind of already have, because there's a service called Emma in the UK, which is an, like a financial services aggregator where you just open that up and you see everything in one place. So you go. To, so, so explain explain how that works. So it's it's an app, and you basically connect up all your financial uh, services or providers, pro- yeah, portfolio into one application. You can see everything. So you can see like your Monzo account, your NatWest, HSBC, you, uh, your Amex, all in one place. And it'll just give you like all your financial data. Right and can there. you do anything from there yet? Or you can just see it? I, d- I don't think you can do anything from there. But Monzo is also now offering a similar sort of feature on one of their premium accounts. Um, it's paid for accounts. So yeah. I, th- I think there's a lot of people who are going to be resistant to kind of pay the six or seven pounds for that. But mm-hmm. you can go in and then you can see um, your Monzo uh, statement as well as your like, credit card statement all from the Monzo app. That's very, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. Look, I must just say before we kind of start wrapping up that obviously we focus extremely on consumer side of banking, Mm, right? There is the business side of banking. There is the property side of banking. And those are all very, very different Different. kind of businesses where there is digitization of back office and even some Mm. services, but there is a different service offering. The consumer side of banking is being compared to the digital players, being compared to... What, how easy it is to, you know, buy something on take, take a lot, lot. Amazon. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's been compared to. Whereas the digital version of the digital offering of banks is a very, very different kind of service. And yes, it needs digitization, but the consumer side, you know, it should also be separated. Maybe, maybe that you know, there's a future where if Nedbank can't get out a third or fourth place on their consumer side, mm. it becomes a completely different, different. brand. But yeah. their yeah. business side, which is one of the biggest property divisions yeah. and CIBs in the country, and really, really good, stays and keeps doing what it does for the next 20 years. So if you had to kind of have a bet now, we're going to look back and we're going to have a bet. Um, from your side, um, the two that win, I mean, if you're saying it's, you know, F&B Capitec or F&B Discovery, mm-hmm. 10 years from now, who are in the lead, who's still winning? Is it the same guy? Do you think there's somebody else that might come up? Uh, um, yeah, I, I 
think, in my opinion, I think, yeah, if I had to say it now, I'd still say that if F&B or like if that yeah. is the best right now, if they continue to stay ahead of the game in terms of like the innovation, I know like down the line, they, they are already looking at like the smart cards and all of this and like are ahead of the game there. I think if they continue that and keep this customer centric or sort of they, their business models based on like customer insights and driving the next product based on their customers, I do think with all the brand loyalty that they have, if they stay and follow that innovation in terms of like the tech side, I think it will be very hard to move people away from that brand. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to look at it. And who, once you get out ahead, if, as long as they got the right mentality. Yes, at the yeah. Okay, and then who wins in the UK? Who's the best? Who wins the Challenger Bank races? Or is it, uh, I don't know, Barclays or HSBC or, you know, Standard is Chartered is just going to come and buy these guys anyway in the end and it's going to be your same high street bank in 10 years time? I think the Challenger Banks have done a really good job at kind of pulling market share away from okay. the, like traditional banks, bring them across to their own. I mean, there's obviously a lot of people who have two two bank accounts, one with each. So who do you think is going to win? I think it's probably going to be Starling Bank because they're actually the top-ranked bank okay. at the moment and they have actually been for quite a while. The reason we all know about Monzo is just because their brand equity is so much better. Okay. But Starling is... Um, from a service offering. Yeah, bank. from a service yeah. offering the better bank. Okay, and... Um, Cool. I think that's, we'll keep those bets. We'll lock them in. <laughs> I've got one sort of last question before we close off, which is, um, you know, you mentioned, I want to just go back to, uh, you mentioned your Forex transactions and the difficulty in doing that. Um, you know, so which is why you keep a bank account in South Africa. Mm. So is there anybody coming up in that specific space? Um, and would you ever consider Bitcoin? So I actually haven't jumped onto the Bitcoin train. I'm actually a little bit of a late adopter there. I'm very ashamed to say. But Standard Bank has a very similar offering to Revolut called Shift. So that's probably the next... Um, where you would get it done. Where I'd get it done, Okay, yeah. okay cool, cool. Um, and what is your Bitcoin view? And before you answer, I want to just... We just went through the banks and everyone. This is the guy, the companies and organizations that are actually regulated as banks. But yeah, when you look at, I look, I like looking at Luna, right? Uh, Valor has bigger transaction volumes these days as a Bitcoin exchange. But Luna um, has three million or something accounts, so mm. bigger than Time Bank. Yeah. Yeah, signing time, up yeah. people faster than Capitec. Yeah. Um, okay, it's not a bank, but I store money in there mm, yeah i can pay from it yeah i can move money overseas and i can use it in transact way, yeah. i can so all the things which is pay save yeah. transact you know forex all these kinds of banking services are there and they're not i'm not saying just bitcoin i think it happens in a lot, a lot of, of other spaces yeah. are there but they're not considered a bank so yeah. you know what is your view on Bitcoin and using that from the, you know, when you were working overseas and offshore, if you had just been earning Bitcoin, storing Bitcoin and yeah. moving it back here, would that have changed the game? Or do you think it's still a bit too early for that side? I think when it sort of like hits its peak, whenever that was two, two years ago, I think it was, 
Um, I think up until that point, and it was very much like the the early adopters that got in there that were like, this is cool. People were questioning it. And I think then everybody jumping onto the train, um, I think it definitely got the exposure out there. Everyone, like, it did exactly what it needed to do in the sense of it got people's attention and people were like, well, this is a great idea. And like you say, like now people using it to pay and all of that. But I think the only thing that could be a drawback to some people is just the variability in it and inconsistency of it and what it's backed against, how much it's worth and all of that, I think, creates a bit of uncertainty in people's minds. But I do think, like, we see it every day. We see it in our office and people that you see that they're using it everywhere as if it was money and it is no different to having a bank account anywhere in the world. And the ease of use, like you say, being able to use it anywhere uh, I think it is a game changer and I think it's only going to become more more relevant. Yeah, but we're not putting your life savings in it just yet. Just yet. Just not, yet. Maybe not just yet. Cool, guys. So I think, the, yeah, thank you very much uh, for chatting today. I think we've covered quite a lot. Um, there is quite a lot in this topic and I'd love to be able to get visual and dive deep into each screen and actually critique it. Um, and then, you know, as much as everything's moving very fast, I think there's still 350 million unbanked people in sub-Saharan Africa. And so there is tons of the traditional services, products and ways of thinking we've chatted about today. But I think there's a lot of other scope for new kinds of things to just bring those people into the ecosystem. Yeah. So thanks so much. Uh, we'll sure. link to anything else in the notes. And uh, yeah, we'll check back on your bets in 10 years time. Great. Cool. <laughs> thanks, guys. Cool. Cheers, guys. Great. Thank you. Thank you.